All right, like I said, I'll try not to go long today. I have verses and passages that I'm going to go over, but because of what we are doing and dedicating Leah today, I'm going to go over um, the scriptures that actually look at the naming of a child and what really that entails and what it means. So as I was doing that, I was looking in Ecclesiastes 7, 1. Interesting enough that Solomon wrote the two passages of scripture that focus on the name in and of itself. And it says in Ecclesiastes 7.1, A good name is better than a good ointment. And in Proverbs 22.1, it actually says, A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Wow. All I need to do is actually give my daughters a good name. I thought about that long and hard, and I researched it, and I thought about a conversation that Pastor Stokes and I, a few years ago, when we were at a conference, came up with and named versatology. A lot of pastors, some pastors, will take a verse and then just rip it out of the Bible and say, this is what it means, and this is what it means, and this one's for you, and this one's for you, yet... That's not what God really wants for us. He wants us to go in depth and see what His Scripture means. But first, I do want to look at a few passages. If you'll turn over to Genesis 38, we'll look where a two brothers actually get their name, which is interesting, because in verse 38, or chapter 38 of Genesis, we see where Tamar has her children. And because of the child and what happens, they name the child certain names because of the circumstances. And picking up in verse 28, it says, where Tamar is about to give birth, Moreover, it took place while she was giving birth, one put out a hand, and the midwife took and tied a scarlet thread on his hand, saying, This one came out first. But it came out about as he drew back his hand, that behold, his brother came out. Then she said, What a breach you have made for yourself. She named him Perez. Hmm. So because he made a breach for himself, that was his name. The next one. Afterwards, his brother came out, who had the scarlet thread on his hand, and he was named Zerah. When I looked at Zerah, the meaning behind that, was actually dawning or brightness. I think I'd choose Zara. As I was talking with Kara about the names of our daughters, and if it was circumstantial, what would we name them? She said, well, if we had eight days or 16 days to name them and see what their names were according to the scripture, we would name them Cry McChrister, Grumpy McGrumpster, and Fussy McFuster. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. If we had just a few days to think about names, and we went by their attitudes, that's what they would be named. However, we chose namesakes. Why? We look deeper into the scripture. Turn over to Luke 1. We look deeper into the passages. We looked at our family heritage to see if it was biblical as we were coming up with names. Luke 1, picking up at 13, we see how 
the parents didn't even name these children. We're going to look at John the Baptist and Jesus' names. And it says, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. You see right there, they didn't have a choice. Their child was going to be called John. We had choices. We looked at them. And in verse 30 or 28, let's see where Jesus got his name, was from another angel of that same chapter. And it says, And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Jesus and John both had names. We're going to get into it in a little bit. It wasn't just about the name. Their behaviors precede them even before their name does. It's by your deeds that we will enter in. But the interesting thing is when you choose a name and you pray for your child, that name could be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Wow, my parents named me. I thank God that they gave me my name. They chose a name that would be in a book where Jesus wrote Trevor, Lynn, Embry. What a responsibility for the parents. But yet Jesus and John already had names. Let's look and continue on with John and Jesus. Luke 1, 57-63. As we're continuing to explore how we came up and how we look at naming and the importance of it. The scriptures say in 57, Now the time had come, for Elizabeth to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbor and her relatives heard the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her because she was older, and they were rejoicing with her. And it happened that on the eighth day, that's the naming ceremony which we also do, they came and circumcised a child, which we don't do in this congregation, and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. But his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but she, he shall be called John. And they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by that name. And they made signs to his father as to what he wanted him called. And he asked for a tablet and wrote as follows, His name is John. And they were all astonished. Karen and I took that passage seriously. One, because John, and it shows a pattern of behaviors in that, that flock of Israel in what they do, and they give a namesake of their own family, which we gave to every one of our girls. Let's look at Jesus in verse, chapter 2, verse 21. It says, And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus. So we see the naming ceremony again. 
the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as we brought Leah, we started with Rebekah and Hannah. Today we do Leah. And it goes on to say, And to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. According in the law, it says you should sacrifice more than that unless you don't have the means to. That tells us how poor Joseph and Mary were. As I was cutting the meat and getting it ready for all of us to eat yesterday, I couldn't help but think, wow, every one of us here in the United States, quite a few of us, or everybody in this congregation, we live like kings. They're able to sacrifice. We're able to offer to the Lord today more than just two turtle dove. Can you imagine two turtle dove actually being split between all of us? Jesus multiplied the loaves. I'm sure he could have done the the doves today. But yet, we see that they actually went forth and they practiced what was in the Torah. That's the same reason why we do it. Let me share with you briefly. And I did get Rebecca's and I did get Hannah's permission to share how we got their names today, even though they may not know it, but it's going to be on a recording and out there. So I got their permission even at the age of five and three. Danielle, Rebecca. So Danielle actually is a name of Kara. Kara gave up that name to be married to me. So that was a namesake in our family. Rebecca, we chose Rebecca Because when you look at the story of Rebecca and how she was chosen by God to get married and carry on the promise of Abraham, when it came for Rebecca to leave her home, even before leaving, she had a heart to serve. She was willing to feed and give water to Abraham's servant. Wow. What a huge responsibility upon her parents to teach her those ways. So we chose Rebecca. Danielle, Rebecca. So a namesake and a biblical name. Hannah Grace. Grace. A loving, caring woman that I never got to meet. And although Kara tells me all these great stories of her grandmother, I look forward to meeting her one day because I know for all eternity I'll be with her because she started that faith three generations ago or two generations ago. Hannah, we chose because of the story of Hannah and how she, she longed to have a child and her heart was after God. And yet, 
even though God blessed her, she gave up her first child for the Lord. And we look at that not just for that passage, but we look because the parents of Hannah had to have raised her in the fear of the Lord. So again, it was about the parents raising Hannah and hoping that it passed on to the next generation. And she, she held on to that promise and was blessed. These are names that mean so much to me and Kara, just like Jesus and John. Leah Ray, one we dedicated today. Why Leah? She had such a hard life. She wasn't the favored one. She persevered. And when you see and you look through those scriptures, she continues to have the lineage of Judah. She continues to pass on the promise. The favored one did not die with the kings. She was not buried with them. Leah was. Leah was buried with David. She was buried with Jacob, where Rachel wasn't. So, again, very meaningful for us and Ray, the namesake. I don't really have to say very much. You guys have heard it said so many times, Ray was my grandfather. And the one that started our faith unto Christ in our family. So Leah Ray is how we came up with that name. So we pray for each one of our girls to follow after their namesake. The thing is, it's not about just the name. It's about their deeds. In Revelations 20, as I said before, you can see here in this passage picking up in 12, going through 15, where that book of life is. There's also the book of that's going to be have all the names of those who are going to be cast into the fire. But listen to why. Revelation 20, 12 through 15. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is a book of life. Oh, Leah Ray, Rebecca, Danielle Rebecca, and Hannah Grace. I pray your name enters that book. I hold steadfast in his words for that. The book was opened, which is a book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the book according to their deeds. Not just the name, but according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, 
he was thrown into the lake of fire. Wow. Giving a name to a child that's written by the Lamb, the God Himself. What a blessing. What a blessing. Deuteronomy 6, 4-8, through the Shema says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. We've got to teach them to our children. Our thoughts on our forehead and our deeds by our hands. It's what the Shema says in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 8. I want to look closer, though. What's Messiah say? What's, what's Jesus say about this? 25, Matthew 25. Matthew 25, 31 through 46. It says... But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations with a gather, will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you are blessed of My Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Those written in the book of life, come come with me. For it says, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, Lord, when did we set, see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and you gave something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Wow. It's not just about a name. And no, none of us can earn our way to heaven because it's by grace. So that's, this isn't a salvation thing, but it is a deed that we need to do because by grace we come to Him by, in faith. And by faith we act out our, our faith. For it says in... James 2, verse 20, But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Can I have faith without works? And if you do, listen. The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent... Okay, so 41. Then he will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. 
I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go away into eternal perishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Again, going to that namesake. They weren't perfect. Leah was not perfect by a long shot. Rebecca wasn't perfect. She deceived her husband. Hannah couldn't have been perfect by a long shot either, but by their faith, They put their heart in the right direction. I've been reading a book by a woman that passed away in the 90s. Some of you may know her. By her name you know her, but by her deeds many will know her for all eternity. Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa once said, Today God loves the world so much that He gives you He gives me to love the world, to be His love, His compassion. It is such a beautiful thought for us and a conviction that you and I can be that love and compassion. Do we know who our own poor are? Do we know our neighbor, the poor of our own area? It is so easy for us to talk and talk about the poor of other places. Very often we have... The suffering, we have the lonely, we have the people, old, unwanted, feeling miserable, and they are near us, and we do not even know them. We have no time even to smile at them. We've got to take the time. You see, that's telling me that even amongst us, here in the United States, we can do many things. We can look upon those who are missionaries in other countries and See the stories, but we need to take time to look in our own neighborhoods. Who can we help? Who does God have in store for us? For it says, she also said, Daily we pray, let them look up and see only Jesus. But how often we look in and see only Jesus in us. Do we see Him in using our eyes, in using our mind and our heart? As his own, have we fully devoted ourselves to him? Are we so given to him that we find his eyes looking through ours, his tongue speaking, his hands working, his feet walking, his heart loving? Do we really see only Jesus in us? You have to be in the world, yet not of the world. The light you give must be so pure. The love you... The love you love with must be burning. The fire you believe with must be so convincing that in seeing you, they will really see only Jesus. How will our children know how to act if we don't act now? How will they go forward? They can, and God can use them. But how much more blessed will they be if they see us acting in such a way 
and may their name bring up the same intuition as Jesus or John the Baptist. We have Mother Teresa. We have blessings. We have saints. We are continue to be saints in the kingdom. But we must go forward and performing God's word to those around us. Let's go to the Lord now.